Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello dog lovers and welcome to Dogs With Jobs. It's the June episode and uh, we're celebrating the key workers of the canine world. Now, as we've been meeting all these various dogs, they kind of seem to me to fall into a few different types. You know, yeah, there's your farm dogs, there are your military and service dogs, and there are the volunteer and therapy dogs, and then assistance dogs. And uh, today we are meeting a couple of dogs, Rusty and Zach, who are fully working and fully retired, respectively, search and rescue dogs. I was introduced to Kevin Saunders, their handler, by PC Stacey Beale, who talked to us about her police dog, Didi, um, a few episodes ago, incredibly interestingly. And whereas the police dogs, the general purpose police dogs, are trained for a whole range of different things, the dogs we're meeting today are trained for one thing only. So uh, let's go and hear about what they do, how they're trained to do it, and something about uh, the job as a whole. Very often on one of their call-outs, a matter of life or death. So um, quite heroic, I would say, particularly as it's entirely on a voluntary basis. So let's go. So I'm here with Kevin Saunders, MBE. What do I call you? Uh, Kev's fine. Kev's fine, okay. And we're standing... um, against the van I think in the most beautiful sunshine looking out on some gorgeous wheat fields tell us about your dogs Kevin and what do you do with them so here we got um, uh, retired search dog Zach and uh, current search dog Rusty um, they are my dogs they're, they're my pet dogs um, but are also uh, trained qualified lowland rescue search dogs lowland rescue search dogs yeah so much the same as mountain rescue Um, uh, But in Hampshire and and the South Coast, there's not a lot of mountains. Um, (laughs) So there's no real need for a mountain uh, search dog. So um, uh, a fair few years ago now, lowland rescue search dogs were were sort of uh, brought into existence. Uh, Much the same as mountain rescue, but with much more emphasis on the missing person as opposed to the injured person. Um, Mountain rescue teams, majority of their workload is going out for looking for hikers and climbers that are lost in in the mountains. Um, In this environment, we don't get mountaineers um, in Hampshire um, that get lost. Um, We don't get a lot of lost missing people, you know, people that have just gone out and, and, and don't understand a map um where in in these sort of environments we get um dementia sufferers um we get um uh people that have gone off to harm themselves um and we get the odd child not a huge amount thankfully because we're not in an environment anymore in the uk for definite where people let their children wander off too far without um being sort of within uh, shouting distance so to speak so that's our workload um, which is slightly different to mountain rescue but the dogs train very similarly uh, across the country and tell me about the dogs then just i mean i guess let's focus on rusty as rusty's fully working but uh have we got a collie yeah they're both collies they're, they are both um, they border collies they look extremely different hugely different everything everything about these two dogs is different um right. from temperament um to to the physical uh, shape of them 
Tell me about Rusty then. So Rusty's short haired. Um, he's got a very different look about him. He, he's he's a... got these very big pointy ears. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say they're very alert at the moment. Rusty does look completely different. I'm guessing that's probably a collie the same shaped head underneath but short coated yeah short coated um you know it wasn't necessarily something i was looking for when i when i got rusty uh, uh four and a bit years ago um uh in actual fact i'd um been looking around breeders and it wasn't something that that really it wasn't my passion you know i like the, the traditional looking collie but yeah. for the work we do um having a almost a teflon coated um short haired collie is is fantastic when you come home from a a long night searching and you don't have to spend the hours that I used to have to spend bathing Zach, you know, a, a quick brush off and, and Rusty's good to go again. Tell me how you first got involved in search and rescue because it's a voluntary thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I, I, how did I get involved in search and rescue? I got involved in search and rescue 15 years ago now. Right. Um, I, I, Were you a dog lover before? Yeah, I've had dogs. Um, I was very lucky to have dogs as I was growing up. You know, I had very supportive grandparents and, and mum and stuff that, that allowed me to have a dog when I was growing up. Um, a passion for collies quite early on. Um, Why uh, collies? Uh, to be honest, I wanted a staffy, being a, a, a teenage boy uh, in my late <laughs> teens, um, uh, as any uh, teenage boy in my sort of environment in Southampton would want a staffy. Um, and uh, when I looked at buying a dog at, at 21, uh, it was my gran that said, uh, well, if it's a nice collie or something, I'd look after it every so often. And, <laughs> and uh, a few days later, there was a puppy collie uh, in my lap. Um, and that's why collies, you know, you just, you just, uh, I think you just get sort of pulled into one breed and, and very much collie is the breed for, for me. They are the classic working dog breed though, aren't they? Because they are clever. They are incredibly clever and in the same token, incredibly testing um, <laughs> because they are so intelligent. Um, you know, I, I, I'm amazed at what these dogs do. Um, you know, I, I'm absolutely passionate about the breed. Um, I'm passionate about my dogs. Um, you know, they are part of me um, massively, and um, you know they get treated as one of the family without a shadow of a doubt. Um, so yeah, getting involved. Um, I, I I was in the uh, reservists. Um, uh, I went off on a tour of Iraq in 2006. Um, I was lucky enough to work alongside um, uh, search dogs out there. Okay. Um, uh, not with them, but working alongside them. I was really, really taken by how clever they were. And I um, came back with a real passion for working with dogs. Unfortunately, there wasn't a huge amount of, of opportunity. If you're not a, a police officer with a police dog, um, you know, it's a lot of investment to sort of train your own dog and, and, and bring in a, um, a business. And there's mm. not a huge amount of business other than, you know, sort of the dog walkers or the, or the sort of the professional police dog and, and things like that. Um, so, um, you know, I was already involved a little bit with search and rescue. I decided to join the, the search dog team in Hampshire. And um, really, it just it sort of spiralled from there. Um, sort of six months after I joined the team, um, I got a hold of Zach um, from a breeder up north um, and, you know, started training him with the, the great support I had from, from the team and the, the qualified handlers that were already on the team at the time. Uh, you know, Did you have any old. kind of base knowledge, you know, beyond enormous enthusiasm and having seen them in action in Iraq 
and how amazing dogs could be. So were you, were you going into it as a real newbie? Real newbie, yeah. Yeah, I'd had dogs, as I said, with the family, but but not trained working dogs. Mm. Um, uh, there was a lot of chance to sort of look at things um, while I was away and a lot of sort of people sending me books to read and, um, you know, I looked at um, working dogs as in uh, sheepdogs and I read a couple of books about sheepdogs while I was out there and, um, you know, things like that. But, yeah, I was very novice to it. I was very lucky at the time that the team had some fantastic trainers on the team um, that had a lot of experience, so I was able to really harness their knowledge. um, And with the huge support, we started training Zach. um, And, you know, Zach... Um, I will say this, and, and every handler will say their dog's amazing, but Zach was trained um, in, in just under a year and qualified. Um, he actually qualified 10 days after his first birthday. Whoa, um, yeah. that is fast. That is fast. So that was straight in from being a puppy. Yeah, yeah, pretty much the day he came home, he was learning the toy um, and the, the game. Um, you know, hindsight, I definitely do things differently, and I did yeah. with, with Rusty, um, you know, but the, the, the want to succeed as a you know 25 year old as I was at the time um you know it was very very quick with Zach um Zach doesn't know anything different you know Zach mm. is a search dog um and and will always be a search dog that that's bred into him so to speak but does it suit him or has it suited him I understand he's retired now but... yeah Zach absolutely loves his work um I can put his harness on now and he'd search um unfortunately the body doesn't work as quick as the mind anymore um you know he's a little bit deaf I think not as much as he likes to put on mm-hmm. um and um you know a little bit of his eyesight is failing but he still wants to search and he could still find people I could pick people out in the fields that we have in front of us now and he would go and find them he'd be a lot slower than he used to be um but yeah no, he's definitely one in a billion and, and uh, an amazing dog and it was his life so tell me what they do what what is that from what you, what are you asking them to do um, when you, I mean how, how does it work you have a call in from what the police yeah you work closely with the police yeah so we'll, we'll work closely with police forces um you know there there is only around 15 level three fully operational dogs in the country so there are tiers of ability and training within yep. the search in dog, the search world, search and yeah. rescue community yeah oh my gosh that's very structured it's a, it's a lot of work it's not our pet dogs going out for a walk it's a lot of work to so get although there. it's voluntary in effect you're following a professional structure yeah. with your dog training yeah so the standards are are very high mm. um because at the end of the day if we are searching a field like we have in front of us um and there is We're someone looking at a massive field by the way <laughs> and there is someone missing in that field um if I search with my dog and he misses them, that field may not get searched for days again. So it is life and death. So that's yeah. why the standards are so high and there are so few operational search dogs in the country to the highest standard. Um, so there are three standards. Um, there's the level one trainee search dog, um, which is a dog that we've seen within the team to have the right characteristics to go on and train. Um, uh, the training can take between... Um, you know a year and three years easily mm-hmm. to, to become operational so is is and that's if you've got good commitment you can go at least one session a week mm-hmm. you know that that's that's the sort of standard of commitment you need from a trainee handler um and basically it's hide and seek 
you know that that's that's what we're asking the dogs to do so it's kind of fun it's massive yes. it's all about the reward you know yeah. the dogs wouldn't do it if they didn't enjoy it we we you know it's all reward based training so the dogs want to to find person because at the end of the day the person has their toy with them you know at the very basic level the person has the toy and then as it moves on you add the stages and only when you, the the dogs found the person and then taking the handler to the person will they receive their toy okay so, so you're upping upping the game yeah yeah um after a year to three years of training they can go up for their national assessment um as per uh, guidelines so um, agreed guidelines with the police we have standards um so that they go up for a national assessment uh, and that will be a level two assessment so it will be a route and path so they'll be assessed to be able to cover a, a route on a path uh, and covering 25 meters either side of the path um, and they get an hour to cover uh, two kilometers how do they know what to do, sorry, to zero in on this? If you've got a path and you're wanting them to search 25 metres either side, how are they doing that? That's where the handler comes in. You know, okay. they, they, the handler has to direct them as to which path they're, they're searching. But they're looking for, you know, the dogs are trained on the human scent. So they are looking for human scent. The, the same human scent that we all give off. So mm. as you're giving off, the, the, in layman's terms, the dust that's all around your house, mm. um, that's your human scent coming off you. Um, and that's what we train the dogs on. Not scent specific, not so they find one person from right. a, a, an item of clothing. It is just that if they're out searching, they will find the human scent. You know, those skin rafts that are coming off that is your dust around your house, so to speak. And they're being trained to find humans, not things that humans have worn or held. No, no. We, we train them uh, primarily on finding um, humans. We, we are a team that is put together to save lives. You know, um, we, we we want to save lives, um, so that is what where we you know primarily do our work. Mm. They will pick up on scent articles, so they will pick up on clothing, um, but it's not something we test them on. So mm. because it's not overly important to us. No, you know. and you could easily have Walker that's lost a hat or something, couldn't you? Yeah. So actually, it could be a bit of a red herring. Yeah, yeah, and you know, a lot of the time when we're out searching, we'll find dog walkers. You know, mm. we'll find you know caught in couples so to speak and we'll, uh, we'll find people that maybe shouldn't be in places um but every time we find someone their dog gets rewarded so yes. you know every time they find a human scent they know they've done well they get their reward they get lots of play they get lots of high-pitched noises um you know and then we'll set them off again and hopefully find the person we're looking for now that was level two you were saying that's level two. Oh my gosh that yeah. sounds complicated <laughs> that's enough, complicated enough. <laughs> So then we'll, um, if the dog um, passes level two, they can go operational, but they can only do route and path searches. Um, uh, so they'll, they'll work to the, uh, the level they're assessed. Uh, level three is open area. So um, that is assessed at 50 acres, covered in 90 minutes of any ground. If that's woodland, uh, that's up and down, um, then, yeah, you know, it, it, it's a massive, massive area. Once again, so it's showing the process of finding people in that yeah. area. Um, and that is then the dog at the highest level qualification. Um, so they can be in, sent out into all environments. So for each individual dog, you'll be covering a 50 square acres or whatever. Yep. How does it work with a big search? If you've got a missing person search and you've got lots of you, is it like a patchwork kind of search ground where you'll be allocated one bit and... Pretty others. much, yeah. So what we'll have is, um, you know, we'll have a search manager 
um, working alongside the police search advisors. Um, they'll be. And are they part of search and rescue, or are they part of the police, or? The, so the search managers are search and rescue usually. The the, the police search advisors are, are police, so they'll be working hand in hand. Um, they'll be looking at the strategies around the type of missing person, right? Um, and and then looking at the map of the area and having a real good look at what assets they've got. Um, assets in terms of search searches, dogs. yeah. So mm-hmm. search dogs, helicopters, yeah. drones, foot searches. So people oh, that go out. Massive logistics. Massive, question. massive. You know, we can we can have searches that that go on for days or weeks on end. Um, sometimes, and um, you know, it's and huge logistical, um, massive, massive logistical jobs. You know, um, different teams of different counties coming in to support. Um, so Hampshire obviously only got a certain amount of searches. Um, they can deploy them, but after eight hours, they're all tired. So you bring now in that was going to lead in my next question, which is with the dogs. How long do you work them for? What's reasonable? What isn't? How do you how do you deal with that? I mean, you know your own dog. Yeah, that's very much it. The and I'm guessing this dog. isn't a daily thing, is it? This is an occasional job. So uh, occasional, yes. Um, uh, it's there's no law to it. Um, that's the big thing. You, you just don't know when the search is going to come. Um, you know, we, we can have a week where we have nothing. We can have a month where we have nothing. And then you'll have a week where you've got five searches. You're out every day. And that's what we found last year is, is um, you know, unfortunately, we saw a huge increase in the amount of times we're out. We went from under 100 um, in 2019 searches over the whole year over the whole so year so i'm guess that's once every three and a half days yeah 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 um to um uh you know last year we we're at 120 searches so you know that's a marked yeah, increase that is. um and you know the last year really sh- showed how important the volunteer sector is with the whole thing being a voluntary organization and yet utterly depended on as yeah. if in effect an emergency service. Yeah, we are we are the only resource that provides this sort of yeah. this sort of uh, asset to to missing person searches. You know, the police uh, hugely respect these dogs. Mm. Um, they will remove some police dogs from environments to put these dogs out. What is the time frame for deployment of search and rescue? Uh, Search is an emergency, mm-hmm. so um, you know we, we need to be on scene as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, quite often, uh, we don't get called until the police have done quite a bit of investigation themselves, which could be a number of hours, um, or it could be half an hour. You know, if they get the call and, and they, they see this sort of environment, open fields and stuff, they know they're going to have to get the right assets out quickly. Right. And you, you know when you see what you're looking for quite early on, that time is, you know, really, really important. You know, getting there and getting out searching can make the difference between life and death. Conditions, um, you know, uh, we've got beautiful conditions here today, but with a... Uh, age say through, through all of May, it was pouring. How does that affect things? Well, you know, it, it really def- affects the, the, the missing person. Mm-hmm. Um, it affects how the scent travels. Mm-hmm. Um, in actual fact, a bit of moisture in the air is good for the dogs because the scent travels nicely. Really hot days, we wouldn't be able to work the dogs for as long. Um, because you know, of them. Because of them. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're looking at all of that all the time. Um, and it's about being clued onto your dog. So, you know, uh, as much as some of the, uh, you know, it, everyone looks at the dog handlers and go, oh, you know, that, that is the ultimate dog. 
ultimate job with a dog is to be a, a search dog handler fantastic and then they realize that what well, actually what you do is you go and have a look at their poo constantly mm. because you want to know whether it's runny whether they're a bit under the weather mm. so all the time every time i'm picking up you know, I'm, I'm having a look and, and thinking it you know is it your oat to search mm. is it very loose am i not going to search and this mm. might not be you want to use but you know it's, no, but it's um, interesting because the whole it, it's such a it's such an organic thing working with a dog, isn't it? I, I mean, I'm finding that with all of my interviews, that the bond is so strong that you know when something's a bit off and you know when you trust your dog and you know when you're not quite sure and it might not be worth carrying on. See the, 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 you, you, How is the relationship? I mean, it, it must deepen it, over time. Yeah, it definitely does. It definitely does. Um, uh, and you hit the nail on the head there with trust the dog because I have to trust the dog that he will find in the environment that I'm going to put him. Is there a point at which that flows from you as a handler with a relatively green, wet behind the ear puppy into a mature working dog that you know knows what he's doing? Yeah, it definitely does. It, it takes time. Um, and, you know, I had the challenge of bringing on my second dog. Um, and, and, you know, that, that was a real challenge when you've spent 11 years working, Zach. Um, you know how Zach works, you know without even thinking when he's under the weather, um, when he's moving quickly, you know, when he's slowing down, you know, when you need to rest him. And, and, and to then move on to a second dog um, was very difficult. Um, you know, I, I had massive sleepless nights and challenges over it. Um, and then build that confidence with that, that second dog. You know, be be sure that, you know, the dog's going to do what it needs to do. And, and I don't think you're ever sure until you've, A, you've passed assessments, but also when you have that first live find. Did you expect Rusty to be like Zach? Is part of the difficulty that it's a different personality? And Massively. Different and the amount of times I, I, I've, I've, I've told myself off for saying, well, Zach wouldn't have done it that way. <laughs> Um, you know, and like the ex-wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just you just constantly think like that, um, uh, and they work so differently. Um, that they are completely different dogs, um, uh, and there's both strengths and weaknesses to but the way they both work. You know, Zach, Zach would work you know five, six, seven hundred meters away from me, so I wouldn't know where he was a lot of the time. Um, and it was that trust around him coming back, but also the risks out there when you can't see him you know rusty's much closer working to me which means i can normally see him when i'm searching very rarely can i not see him um but then he's a young dog you know he's, he's only just over four years old he's he's still learning his game um the confidence is building um so every time you go out searching you realize the confidence is building with him and has rusty had a live find so he he found a a, a gentleman that had gone off to harm himself um last year um, so yeah it was a, a really important find um, it was very different it was a very different environment um, for, for both of us to deal with um, but yeah it, it was a really good positive move for, for Rusty and, and our relationship you know we, we you kind of really stamp it that you're a team now and, and you're um, you're there doing what you should do so yeah it was a good good moment um, but you know last year Rusty really had a baptism of fire you know, he uh, was assessed at level three, so he went straight to level three. Um, How old was he at that point? He was three years old. Okay. Um, so, yeah, went straight to level three because I got so-called grandfather's rights. I could go straight to level three. Um, he was assessed... Because you're an experienced trainer. Yeah, because I'm an experienced handler. Um, yeah. And then um, 
uh, that was the 15th of March last year. Um, and then pretty much we just haven't stopped. Um, you know, in, the, in 2020, I deployed uh, 80 times. Um, Rusty is now, uh, I wow. think it's about 45 call-outs Rusty's attended in his career. So he, he knows the drill. I mean, that kind of thing must get easier as well, does it, over time? You're in a well-worn groove with him. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's, um, you know, he knows when the kit's going on. He knows when the van's being opened up. He knows when we're going in the middle of the night. Um, you know, he, he, he's a different dog. You know, two years ago, if I'd got up in the middle of the night and the phone had gone, I would have met Zach at the front door. Rusty, I've got to call him down the stairs as I'm going out. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it's just that it's just his character. You know, he 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 wants to do it. He's happy searching, but he'd rather stay in bed. <laughs> um, where, whereas, you know, still, if Zach can hear the phone now, he'll still be at the door faster than the rest of us. Hoping ready to he go. might take him. Yeah, this hoping one. he might go. Yeah. And you, you, I mean, Zach is coming everywhere with you. Are they in kennels at home? Are they in the house? How does it work? No, Do you have other dogs? They're home dogs. Um, I, I share a house with a housemate and, um, and they have a dog as well. Um, so, yeah, home dogs in the house. Um, uh, so, yeah, they, they sit on the sofa they sit in the bed okay. you know they 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 so have very to very different people. from police dogs yes very very yeah. different from police dogs um uh, you know they are trained to love people so you know they they there's no risk with them they they bounce around and they do what they do yeah. around the house um but yeah very spoiled pet dogs really that have got a job as well yeah and you know when you consider that a thousand hours a year is on average what i've i've give to this every year Gosh. for the last few years um you know that that's a, that's, a that's huge not commitment. really part time no no that is a second job yeah that it is, is a second job kev thank you no they're gorgeous <laughs> and oh. well i hope you enjoyed meeting rusty and zach and kev i was astonished and pretty I don't know, I mean, I don't want to say horrified, but I was fairly horrified that there is no funding whatsoever for Hampshire Search and Rescue because the job they do is so important and I I was quite taken aback by that, as you could probably hear in the interview. But they were just gorgeous and what I also have been finding really interesting is the different relationships with the handlers. It's such a close relationship. And very often, rather like when we talk to Andrew Snow, um, the sheep farmer, about his first dog, there's a very special bond between Kev and Zach. And there's always that kind of coming up to scratch for all the following dogs, uh, which I, I found really endearing, actually because uh, he obviously just adores them. And of course, they are pet dogs, like all of our pet dogs, but with that extra special twist that together they're volunteering and doing such an amazing and important job that is obviously volunteering. But in terms of hours, that is basically a second job. Yeah, I I was totally, deeply impressed because I just thought what a great organisation and how much the poorer our rescue services would be around Hampshire and indeed the rest of the UK if uh, Hampshire Search and Rescue wasn't there doing the amazing job they do. I was impressed to pieces. I thought they were fantastic. 
So what have I got for you next month? As usual, not quite sure. (laughs) I always want to trail the next month and I'm always in the process of closing the deal on the interview before I do. So it will be a surprise, but um, you can find it as usual on the last Tuesday of the month online or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Petersfield Dogs and you should find us. If you know somebody who works their dog or dogs, in any way at all, really doesn't matter, sporting, assistance, military, yeah, whatever. I'm fascinated with all dogs. I can never, ever have too many dogs. In fact, I've, I've just picked up my puppy this week, so I'm feeling even more dogtastic than usual. So please do get in touch if you work your dog or know someone who works their dogs and wouldn't mind talking about them and the amazing stuff they do. Until next month, have a great month. Do get in touch with any feedback, team at shineradio.uk. Take care. See you next month. Rise and shine with Petersfield's Shine Radio. Rise and shine. shine. Whatever local information comes in, you'll be the very first to know. You'll feel those ribs expand. and I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Are you doing it? Yeah. Welcome back to Rise and Shine. You're with Alan Cost this morning. What could be better? Good morning. It's good to be with you. I'm Harrison Arby. It's the brighter way to start your day in the Petersphere. As long as you're breathing, (laughs) you're doing okay. I'm with you, Vicky. Rise and Shine, weekday mornings from 6, with Petersfield's Shine Radio. I think that's lovely.